0: Hello, friends, and welcome to Sleep Tight Stories. I'd like to say hello to Anna Lucia, who is in the third grade. Hello to Isabella Johnson. Hello to Soren from San Francisco, who is a great dancer and soccer player. Hello to Sanjay from Tacoma, Washington. And hello to some special listeners, Tilly and Baby Girl. I'd like to say a happy belated birthday to Gerard, who turned seven on September 26th. A happy belated birthday to Zane Mir from Saudi Arabia, who turned eight on September 30th. Happy birthday to Henry from Houston, Texas, who is turning seven on October 4th. And happy birthday to Axel Harris, who is turning eight on October 7th. Happy birthday to you all. I hope you have a wonderful day. This is the 10th part in our transfer student series. In Part 9, the Solving a Mystery Club had found another mystery to solve. It was lights in the sky at night, and they decided that a sleepover was the best approach for trying to solve this case. Red is concerned that the lights might have something to do with the AID and is worried about what the group might find out. The Transfer Student Part 10, The Night Case. Red hadn't slept well the night before, and the school day was long, with both tests and an English class that seemed to go on forever. So as she sat waiting for her mother to get ready to drive her to the sleepover, her eyes started to droop a bit, and she caught herself in a big yawn. Why did we have to study that old English language today, she thought. I had to concentrate so hard to keep up. It made me tired. Sciences were Red's forte and what was emphasized at her old school. Red's communication ability was about the same as her classmates, and most mistakes she made came across as more of a quirk than any kind of deficiency but English class was still her weakest. English used to be fun. She and her friends would practice speaking it when they hung out at the outer rings, but studying these old books was very boring. Red knew that English class wasn't the real reason she was tired. She kept worrying till late into the night that the new case the Solving a Mystery Club was involved with had something to do with the AID. She had been very suspicious of them from the moment they came to visit their home here on Earth. Their mission was supposed to be to help Martians integrate into Earth society. The fact that this had to be done in secret made Red suspect that they might be more of a secret police force than the aid agency they claimed to be. Red, are you sure you should be going to your friend's house? You look like you should go straight to bed, her mother said. There was that word again, friend. I'm fine, I'm just sleepy. I'll be fine after I have something to eat at Rachel's house. Are you sure? I don't want you to fall asleep on their couch or something. You need to be a bit lively. I'm fine, Mom, and besides, my classmates accept each other as they are. They don't judge. Much. Do you have the snacks I bought for you? Yes, even the spicy shrimp chips you made me bring. You like shrimp chips, so why wouldn't you take the snacks you like to eat? It gives me stinky shrimp breath. Do you have your overnight bag, extra clothes, and your phone? Don't forget your phone. Stop worrying, Mom. It's just a sleepover. It's not just a sleepover, Red. It's your first sleepover with your new friends. There was that word again. We should go. I don't want to be late. Kurt might eat all the pizza, and I'll be stuck eating spicy shrimp chips. Red, arriving on time, walked up the stone walkway to Rachel's house. Her house was of similar size and style to Red's, but with far more flowers and greenery. Her mother still didn't know how to grow flowers and plants, and Red had only recently started to like all these different colors. As a reflex, Red waved her hand in front of the glowing button beside the handle of the door. On Mars, most doors immediately recognized you and would admit you with an announcement, that is, if you were invited to enter. Those doors that didn't had a reader that recognized you based on your handprint. Red pushed the button, heard the elaborate bell, and in no time at all was greeted by Rachel. "'Quickly come in! You are the last one to arrive!' Rachel said quietly as she waved to Red's mother. The last one to arrive? But I am exactly on time, Red said. It's okay. You haven't been at Maplewood long enough to have Principal Burke give you the you-are-either-early-or-late speech. It's a habit for us now, Rachel said. Where are your parents? Red asked as they started walking into the kitchen. They are hiding in their bedroom, watching TV, I think. They didn't want to interfere, which is convenient for what we need to do this evening. They will likely be asleep by 9 p.m. Old age, you see. Aren't your parents, like, 35? Red asked. Yeah. Isn't it incredible how old they are? Hey, Red, slow again, huh? Kurt said with a mouthful of pizza. We are going to have to get you out running. I suggest you grab some pizza soon, Red, Charlie said. Kurt seems super hungry this evening. Kurt is always hungry, Alexa said. I have to feed my biceps, you know, Kurt said with a laugh. So, we ordered Hawaiian, spicy Thai chicken, and pepperoni pizzas, Rachel said, showing Red the inside of the pizza boxes. Imagine fruit on a pizza, Alexa said, shuddering. If I wanted fruit, I would eat an apple. Red set her bags down and grabbed a slice of spicy Thai chicken, which seemed to have the most pieces left. Since coming to Earth, Red had found that she loved food with a bit of heat. Spicy food was much different from what she had before on Mars. Do you like the Thai chicken pizza? That was my idea, Charlie said. Yes, it's very delicious. So, what is our plan for the evening? Red asked as she sat down and grabbed another slice. Wait, before we get started, I just want to say one thing. Alexa loudly interrupted. That last slice of pepperoni is mine. Here is the plan. In the past, we have seen these lights just as it turns dark outside. The first few times I noticed it, I was in the kitchen, getting something to drink after I had gone to bed. So it seems that it waits until it is quiet and dark, Rachel said. Maybe the lights want us to be asleep so they can transport us to the mothership, Charlie added. Or maybe they are alien fireflies who want to capture guys who always have runny noses and wear their shirts inside out. Sound familiar? Kurt said, looking at Charlie with a smile on her face. We don't know what it is, Alexa said smiling. She loved it when Kurt teased Charlie. The two of them couldn't be more different if they tried. And yet, they were the best of friends. Right, that's why we are looking into this. We need proof, Rachel continued. It's a mystery for the Solving a Mystery Club, Charlie shouted, as he stood up from his chair, posing with his arm pointing at the sky, like a superhero. I thought we could turn off the lights and pretend that we are all asleep, then spring a trap when the lights appear again, Rachel said. Are you sure they will return again tonight, Red asked. They have been coming every night for the past week. I'm guessing, but I bet the lights will be back again this evening, Alexa said. I brought along some walkie-talkies, Kurt said, holding them up and showing everyone, so that we could split up into an observation and a capture team. Capture? Red asked. I don't like the sound of this. In every scary movie, they always split up into groups and then something bad happens, Charlie said with a look that showed that he actually believed what he was saying. You shouldn't be watching scary movies, Alexa said. I thought we just wanted to get proof so that we could understand what it is, asked Red, concerned that if it had to do with the AID, then they would not be so pleased if they captured whatever this is. What better evidence than capturing whatever it is, Kurt replied. But how would we capture it, Charlie asked. I brought a large net, Kurt said. So, after we turn out the lights, the observation team will wait in my bedroom on the second floor, keeping an eye out for when the lights appear. The capture team will be on the ground hiding, ready to grab it, whatever it is when we are told it is flying low enough to do so, Rachel said. Okay, so who is going to be on the capture team, Charlie asked. Kurt, Alexa, and I will be outside with the net, Rachel said. Charlie, you and Red watch from my bedroom window. It sounds risky, Charlie said worried. It will be fine. Don't be such a worrier, Kurt said. Since we will be hiding, it's important that as soon as you see the lights flying around the backyard, you let us know. Then, if you think they are close enough to the ground, yell now into the walkie-talkie. We will then jump out and try to capture it in the net, Rachel explained. What if there is more than one? Red asked. Everyone was silent for a moment. Then Kurt said... We improvise. Ugh, Red said to herself. For the next couple of hours, they snacked on the food that everyone bought, revisited the plan over and over, and chatted about who had the worst taste in clothes. To Red's surprise, her clothes were not considered the least fashionable. The group thought that she had a style all her own, whatever that meant. But Charlie was, of course, teased by Kurt for wearing his clothes inside out. And so he won the award for the worst dressed in the group. As it got dark, the group got quiet. As Rachel turned out the lights, they started to get nervous. Other than the normal sounds in the house, it was very quiet. And everyone started to get nervous. The sound of Rachel's parents snoring made everyone chuckle, but Red was still quite anxious, worried that the AID might be watching the gang. Charlie kept shaking his head about splitting the group and mumbling about what happens in scary movies. Whispering, Rachel said, Okay, Charlie and Red, take your position and remember to be quiet. We don't want to let whatever this is know that we are watching and that we are going to try and catch it. Charlie and Red walked up the stairs to Rachel's bedroom, past the sounds of the snoring in her parents' room and took their position at her window. Check, check, testing, one, two, three. This is Charlie checking in. Roger, loud and clear, Kurt replied. All in position, they sat and waited. Looking at Charlie, Red wondered if he could actually see with those glasses on. Perhaps binoculars might have been a good idea. They continued to wait. The excitement and nervousness started to wear off. They started to get bored and sleepy. Then, Charlie perked up. He saw movement. Did you see that, Red? See what? Something is moving in the trees, a weird shape, dark. Could it be an alien? Guys, I see something. It might be an alien, Charlie said into the walkie-talkie. Red asked, where? I don't see anything. Over there in the trees. Okay, please confirm location, Kurt said in her best secret agent voice. Now, it's in the trees to the right of the bench. Followed closely by Alexa and Rachel, Kurt slowly walked out to investigate, net in hand. I don't know if this is a good idea, Red exclaimed, watching them walk out into the backyard from their hiding place. Getting ready to execute capture, Alexa whispered into her walkie-talkie. Red and Charlie watched as they approached the tree with the suspected alien floating about. Then, with a sudden movement, Kurt lunged and threw the net, capturing the creature in the trees. Yes, victory, Charlie yelled. Red wasn't so sure, as they watched the others cautiously approach the net, which, if it wasn't for the movement of something caught, would be very difficult to see in the dark. Observation team come in, Kurt said over the walkie-talkie. Roger, Roger, is it safe to come down and see the alien, Charlie replied. I wouldn't come down, Kurt said, because the squirrel we caught is very angry. False alarm, Charlie said, sitting down depressed. Red watched as Kurt lifted the net off the squirrel, which immediately chased the capture team around the yard a couple of times before leaping over the fence, likely to never return. Then, Red noticed something in the distance. Green lights coming from a yard down the street, quickly flying towards their location. Grabbing the walkie-talkie from Charlie, Red called out to the capture team. Flying lights are incoming. Take cover and get ready. Kurt grabbed the net and hid with Rachel and Alexa behind the nearby tree. Charlie was now up and watching beside Red as the green light flew to the yard and then turned Red. Oh no, he said, maybe it's angry. As it arrived in the yard, its shape became more apparent. Red noticed its forearms and something hanging from the bottom. Then, Kurt struck, launching the net over the top of the thing, which caused it to fall to the ground. Charlie and Red stood there watching. Charlie seemed scared. Kurt called through the walkie-talkie, causing Charlie to jump. You guys should come down here. Are you okay? Is it safe? Yes, come down and see what we caught. Red and Charlie hurried down the stairs and went out the back door to see Kurt holding up what they captured. "'What is it? Is it really an alien craft of some sort?' Red asked. "'No, I know what it is,' Charlie said in an annoyed voice. "'Holding it up, it's lights out,' Kurt says. "'It is a drone. A drone!' Red wasn't all that clear what a drone was, but didn't want to ask questions in case she sounded weird. "'What's that underneath the drone? "'It looks like a white sticker,' Alexa asked. Rachel took the drone from Kurt and looked closely. "'It says, property of Andrew McKinnon.' "'Andrew? That stinker. "'He lives just down the street from me. "'This must be his.' His best friend, Brett, lives next to me as well. They must be in this together, Kurt said. What is it carrying? Red asked, looking at the round paper ball that was being carried by the drone. It says, Gag Corp Inc. Stink bomb, Alexa replied. So all this time, Andrew has been trying to make a joke by trying to fly his drone at night and launching a stink bomb in our windows? Kurt said. Wait till I see his big sister in gym class and tell her what he has been up to. Andrew has been playing jokes on us ever since he was old enough to walk. I think my mom and dad will be upset about this one and give his parents a call, Rachel said angrily. Red was confused about what could be so much fun about this kind of gag. Obviously, she had a lot to learn about local culture. The excitement gone, Charlie let out a great big yawn. Let's go inside and get some sleep. We can deal with this in the morning, Rachel said, leading the way inside her house and to the basement family room where they were all going to sleep. Good idea, Charlie said with now sleepy eyes. As they all walked in the house, flying in the distance was a barely noticeable blue light, which after they went inside, quickly flew straight up into the sky. And that is the end of this part. Good night. Sleep tight.